Welcome back to the best college football pick and pod in the land. I'm your host, Thomas Black, and today joining us through BellyUpSports.com is Tyler Horka. He's a beat reporter for Notre Dame for Blue and Gold Illustrated as Notre Dame gets ready to play Wisconsin at Soldier Field in Chicago. Tyler, welcome into the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Can't wait to uh, be in Chicago, the Windy City, on Saturday for a, a pretty big game. If college game day is going there... It is going to be a blast to see. I'm excited to know that you're going to be there to witness it in person. Uh, One of the biggest storylines as we head into this game is the fact that Jack Cohn is starting against his old team, the Wisconsin Badgers. So as we look at this matchup, Tyler, how big of a deal has that been made this week? And what kind of advantage might that play for Notre Dame on the field come game day? Yeah, you know, Jack Cohn himself and Notre Dame coaches, specifically head coach Brian Kelly, they've downplayed it, obviously, you know, the cliche quote has been, um, you know, yes, that's a thing. Jack Cohn played at Wisconsin for four years, but now he's the quarterback at Notre Dame and Wisconsin just so happens to be a team on Notre Dame's schedule. So to me, you know, they can say all they want. And Paul Christ, Wisconsin's head coach, you know, he's kind of said some of the same things this week as well. They could say all they want, you know, publicly to the media, but you've got to think that behind closed doors in those locker rooms, it's definitely you know, more of a storyline than they're leading on in the media, just because, you know, Jack Cohn's a quarterback who took this Wisconsin team to the Rose Bowl two years ago. And, you know, they narrowly lost to Oregon in that game, but they still won uh, 10 games that season. Jonathan Taylor had an awesome season. Um, You know, a lot of things to celebrate if you're a Wisconsin fan in that game. And now, you know, Cohn's on the other side playing for Notre Dame. So specifically what he can do for Notre Dame in this game, obviously he's going to know, a lot of Wisconsin's defensive tendencies and a lot of the offensive tendencies too. He operated that offense, you know, it wasn't, but a year ago at this time, uh, Cone was still healthy and he hadn't undergone that, uh, you know, leg injury that basically forced him out of last year's shortened big 10 season because of the COVID pandemic. And then, uh, you know, Graham Mertz, a sophomore at the time kind of took over, had an awesome debut and took the reins from there and ran with them. And that's where we're at right now is, a, you know, a year later, Cone is uh, quarterbacking a, a different team. And these two teams, like I said, just so happened to, to match up on the schedule, which is uh, pretty crazy, but it makes for uh, an awesome thing to talk about going into the game, obviously. In the early slate, we've seen some close games for Notre Dame. Obviously, Jack Cohn has gotten the majority of the snaps, but we've also seen the freshman Tyler Buckner get on the field in the last couple of games against Toledo and Purdue. Now, he's been nursing a hamstring. From what I've seen, it seems that he's going to be available for this weekend. Is that true? And if so, how much do you expect we see of the young freshman against Wisconsin? Yeah, I do expect him to play. I don't think it's a serious hamstring injury. Just one of those things where once it happens like it did last week against Purdue, uh, it's not really worth putting him out there, especially when you've got a fifth-year senior, um, you know, who's the starter who who can take major, you know, all of the reps in, in the case that Buckner goes down with the injury. But how much is he going to play this week? Um, I don't know. I just don't think that this is the best matchup for a run-first quarterback like Buckner has been in, in the two games that he's played against Toledo and Purdue. I do think that Buckner can do some things with his arm, but. 
it just hasn't manifested yet. Like I said, because Cone is, you know, kind of the guy for Notre Dame this season. I don't know how much sense it makes to bring in Buckner and, you know, say, Hey kid, this is your third collegiate football game. Go out and do what you can against the number one rushing defense in the country. So, you know, Wisconsin limited Penn state who, we just saw beat a very good Auburn team last week and then has risen to number six in the country. Wisconsin held them to 50 rushing yards in week two. Wisconsin held Eastern Michigan to 16 rushing yards. I don't think it's very advantageous for Brian Kelly to put Tyler Buckner on the field a whole lot. But look, you know, on the flip side of that, with how good Wisconsin's rush defense is, Notre Dame has really struggled to run the ball. And that's with uh, a junior running back in Kyron Williams, who a lot of people thought were going to be was going to be one of the best running backs in college football. A lot of that has had to do with Notre Dame's struggling offensive line. But if that's the case again on Saturday, and Notre Dame's not able to run the ball with Williams behind this offensive line, then yeah, maybe Tyler Buckner is the answer because you know he presents some challenges in a, a in different ways than a traditional you know running offense would. So uh, I don't expect him to get a whole lot of. Uh, run early in the game but if it comes down to it and Notre Dame needs to spark offensively then absolutely that you'll see him come into the game the next thing I was going to move to was the question about Williams you know you mentioned that it's been a little bit of a slow start the offensive line has been a question but at the same time it seems like Notre Dame has had some things going its way in the passing game you've got a talented tight end and Michael Mayer of course Kyron Williams has been involved in the passing game and then you've got Kevin Austin and a number of other guys that are out there making receptions and making plays in the passing game. So how much do you think that has an effect on the game plan going into a game against Wisconsin where, hey, it is a really great defense, but maybe just mixing things up here and there, maybe throwing some passing plays early in the game. Uh, maybe we'll see Buckner at some point, but just mixing things up, how much do you think that is a factor against Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. Notre Dame has to mix it up. And offensive coordinator Tommy Reese knows that, it, you know, last year, Notre Dame was able to just run the ball at will against pretty much everyone on its schedule. That's why it went undefeated in the regular season and found itself in the college football playoff for the second time in three years. This year is a totally different story. You mentioned uh, Kyron Williams being heavily involved in the passing game. That's because it's had to be, you know, he's a good enough player to where he needs the ball in his hands. But when it's been in his hands traditionally, you know, getting the ball from Jack Cohn on a handoff, it just hasn't worked out in his favor. I mean, he's he's gotten stuffed at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage way too many times for Notre Dame's liking this season. So, you know, we've seen him split out wide and he's caught the ball from there. He's uh, been in the slot a ton of times. Same goes for a sophomore Chris Tyree. He kind of provides a similar skill set to Williams and all of those facets. So you'll see him do a lot of the same things. I definitely think that Notre Dame's going to want out, want to come out trying to pass the ball. That's been its bread and butter through three games this season. I think everybody watched Jack Cohn, uh, a, a really good and prolific game against Florida State in the opening week of the season, threw for 366 yards and four touchdowns. When he's protected, that's what he can do. So the question for Notre Dame is can they protect quarterback Jack Cohn? And can Jack Cohn, when, when he is protect, protected, get the ball out to all of those weapons that you mentioned 
Flipping it over to the other side, let's look at this Wisconsin team. They're heavily based around the offensive line and the running game as usual. They've got a transfer running back in Chez Malusi back there who's been getting most of the snaps and has done a reasonably good job, but it hasn't been, let's say, an explosive offense. What is your level of confidence or concern with this Notre Dame defense going up against a strong running attack, what's known for with the Badgers, uh, but it's an area that maybe Notre Dame has had a couple of question marks early in the season? Yeah, I do think it's a little bit of strength on strength, and that's just based on what I saw last week against Purdue. Obviously, Purdue is not Wisconsin in the you know in the sense that Purdue can't do some of the things running the ball that Wisconsin can do. Can't do a lot of those things actually. So for Notre Dame to look very stout against Purdue was was probably a given. But going into that game, it was still a little bit of a question mark. It was okay, Notre Dame. Struggled a little bit defensively against Florida State and Toledo. So is that going to carry over into Purdue? It didn't. I think that unit is playing with a little bit of confidence right now, which is huge. Because like you said, that running attack from Wisconsin led by Melissi is uh, is really stout. And they've got two other guys that can really run the ball in Garendo and Berger as well. So, um, you know, the, the game's going to come down to Notre Dame's front seven, I think, because I do think Jack Cohn and the Notre Dame offense, they're going to get hit a couple big plays. They're going to keep Notre Dame in the game. It's it's can this Notre Dame front seven stop Wisconsin from basically just you know running the ball straight down the field and, and controlling the game? If you go back to that Wisconsin and Penn State game, it's kind of miraculous that Penn State ended up winning that game in the sense that Wisconsin had the ball for nearly 45 minutes and that left you know the Nittany Lions, Nittany Lions with the ball for roughly 15. So it came down to some turnovers from Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz who I think had two interceptions and a fumble near the goal line as well. So if Notre Dame can force Mertz to turn the ball over, if Notre Dame can, you know, get off the field against a Wisconsin team that really likes to control the ball, then I I think, you know, those things would obviously favor the Fighting Irish. Yeah, you talked about it right in the open. Graham Mertz came out last year in that huge game against Illinois. He looked awesome. I think he's been really pedestrian since then. So to me, I agree with you. I think for Notre Dame, it's this front seven with the defense. How many times are they sticking seven, maybe even eight guys up in the box to slow down the running game? To me, I'm thinking, let's force Graham Mertz to throw the ball. You've got Kyle Hamilton back deep. Man, he's been a nightmare for teams to face so far. Already three picks on the season. What kind of advantages does this Notre Dame defense have with a guy like Kyle Hamilton going up against a guy like Graham Mertz that, you know, he has some ability, he has some talent, but he hasn't wowed, you know, his entire career yet. It's still early and he certainly has some time to impress some people. Yeah, I definitely think the last thing a guy like Graham Mertz, who might be struggling with a little bit of confidence, wants to see is a guy uh, with the caliber of Kyle Hamilton, you know, roaming the opposing secondary. So, you know, it's not just Kyle Hamilton either. You mentioned the three interceptions, but I think Notre Dame's secondary as a whole, and maybe this is because, you know, they're playing off of a guy like Hamilton, has been pretty good so far this season. Cam Hart and Clarence Lewis, who are, um, well, for one, Hart is very inexperienced at the position. You know, he played wide receiver in high school, and this is his first year as a starter, as a cornerback. So a lot of people thought, you know, I, I don't know how this guy's going to do. This is going to be kind of trial, trial and error type of situation. But he's been pretty good. He leads the team in passes defended. Clarence Lewis uh, kind of broke onto the scene last year as a freshman and um, because of injuries, you know, got the starting de- designation then and has held it into this season. He's been pretty good so far this year, too. Uh, 
you know, the other safeties outside of Hamilton have been a little bit hit or miss DJ Brown, Houston Griffith, uh, KJ Wallace, some of those guys, but I think they had one of their best games of the season against Purdue last week as well. And that is actually saying something. I know we mentioned Purdue doesn't have much of a, a ground game, but Jack Plummer and wide receiver David Bell, that's a pretty uh, lethal connection. And Notre Dame did a really good job of holding those guys down. So uh, I definitely think that Notre Dame has an advantage when Wisconsin is trying to throw the ball. And, you know, like I said, if Notre Dame can limit what Wisconsin does on the ground and then Graham Mertz has to start throwing the ball a little bit, I think that's right where Notre Dame wants to be on Saturday. I was going to ask you my next question. I think I already know the answer to it based off how you've turned things so far, but we're talking about a defensive line that has to hold up against the run. We're talking about an offensive line that hasn't really opened up things in the running game and has given up what, I think it's 14 sacks so far this season. Uh, what's yep. the bigger concern for you? Is it the Notre Dame offensive line holding up for some mixture of Cone and Buckner? Or is it the defensive line holding up in the run game consistently throughout the whole game, You know, especially getting on deeper in the game? Yeah, that's definitely a good question, but I think I would say if I'm Notre Dame, I'm more concerned with the former in the offensive line trying to hold up and protect cones because, uh, I mean, that's just been the biggest area of weakness for Notre Dame through three games. And uh, like you said, 14 sacks, that's not what you want to see. Uh, I think there was a stat where Purdue played UConn the week before it played Notre Dame. And we all know what UConn is or isn't as a football program <laughs> right now. Uh, Purdue didn't sack the quarterback one time. Purdue went into Notre Dame Stadium the very next week and sacked Jack Cohn four times. So, you know, with the when you're talking about a line as formidable, or and it, it isn't really that Wisconsin just has a bunch of, uh, you know, bona fide dudes on the defensive line. I know Keanu Benton is, is a really good player, but really it's just the way they play collectively as a defense. And that front seven just comes at you in so many different ways. They bring linebackers at you like crazy. If Notre Dame isn't able to pick up a lot of those things and the offensive line isn't able to protect Cone and, you know, get some push in the ground game for Kyron, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree and maybe even Tyler Buckner, then it's going to be a long day offensively for that offense or, or maybe a short day however you want to look at it it might be on those guys might be on the sideline watching uh wisconsin's running backs you know just control control the game as jack Cohn can't really do anything about it so um i really do think the game hinges on whether or not that notre dame offensive line can hold up i think it's a big question tyler i've gone back and forth in my mind all week about who i think is going to win this matchup uh, ultimately, I'm kind of siding with the experience of Jack Cohn over Graham Mertz. You mentioned the interceptions that Mertz threw against Penn State down in the red zone. I just don't know that I trust him fully when I think a lot of the workload is going to be placed on him. And to consistently drive the field, I have doubts about whether Wisconsin can do that and finish with seven points. So I'm kind of siding with Notre Dame in this one in the passing game that they have. Uh, but you are here to help our listeners out in our Pick'em Contest to advance, get some good scores, and possibly win some prizes. So I'm looking at it. I'm thinking Notre Dame 24-20. I think it's a really close, really tight game. Uh, but like you said, if there's a lot of pressure on Cone, I think it could e easily flip the other way. So where are you looking at with this game? What's the key, and what's your prediction for the final score? Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, it sounds like you guys uh, lean on picking straight up, and that's what I'll do here in a second. But I will say this as well. If you're looking at the line, I think the last I saw was Wisconsin by five and a half. I would hammer Notre Dame on that. I think whichever way this game goes, 
you know, somebody's going to win by three to four points. So I really like your pick. Uh, Notre Dame 24, Wisconsin 20. We actually did a podcast at blueandgold.com yesterday. And to me, I picked Notre Dame 20, Wisconsin 17. And I think it comes down to, t- to two things. And you kind of hit on some of these. Jack Cohn is going to make more plays than Graham Mertz. And it's the plays that Graham Mertz does not make. Those are going to be the difference in this game. I do think he turns the ball over a little bit. And, you know, at the end of the day, if Jack Cohn is standing upright and he's able to make some passes, he's not going to have to hit on many to beat a Wisconsin team. But I still think there are some questions offensively, and that starts with Mertz, obviously. So I like Notre Dame by a field goal in this game. Uh, But again, it could go either way. I went back and forth, but um, at this point, I'm siding with the Fighting Irish, and I think they get a huge victory at Soldier Field. It's going to be a fascinating matchup on Saturday. You can follow him at TB Horka. Tyler, is there anything else people should be looking for from you guys over at Blue and Gold, uh, over on the website, or anything else you are going to be providing before we lead up to kickoff on Saturday? Yeah, just go to the, go to the website. Obviously, we've got um, all kinds of things. Um, we're recording this uh, Thursday afternoon, and Brian Kelly just spoke uh, on a little Zoom press conference not too long ago. So there's an interesting story up from me about Notre Dame uh, nose tackle Kurt Heinisch, who his health might be a concern. Uh, Nobody really knows right now. Brian Kelly kind of gave a update, non-update, if you will, type of thing. It's definitely an interesting read. I think Kurt Heinisch is uh, a very important player starting nose tackle in this game. So anytime, uh, you know, we spent, what, 15, 20 minutes talking about the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. So I think Notre Dame's going to want that guy to be healthy and in there. And if he is, then uh, look for him to make some, some big time plays on Saturday. So that's definitely worth your time to read other stuff previewing this game as well. Tyler, I think it's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for the insight. And uh, if we're on the same page with this, we better be giving some good advice to our listeners, but uh, thank you so much for the time this afternoon. And uh, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I think we made some good picks, Thomas. Awesome. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.